Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Well, happy Easter, everybody. Do you know that this weekend that we get to join with billions of others of Christ followers celebrating that Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he is risen again? Billions of others, that is worth celebrating, isn't it? So let's just start it out like to... Let's hear that around the world that way. (laughs) Jesus got a very special message for us today. And I want to start out with a little bit more fun as we introduce it to us. So what I want you to do is I want you to fill in the word as I throw it to you, and it'll be in yellow on the screen that way. All right, ready? They are all... No. There we go. Ready? Talk is... And finally, actions speak louder than this is this universal truth, isn't it? It's so easy to be able just to talk. In fact, around the world, so many different ways of expressing this. The Japanese would put it this way. They say that it is lightning that strikes, not thunder. The Chinese, they simply say, talk does not cook rice. The Africans say it's the talkative bird that will not build a nest. And of course, you've got the Tajikistani. And the Tajikistani says this, that a woman's work is worth more than the talk of a thousand men. (laughs) Don't know if it was a man or a woman that had said that one. Truth be told... It is just easy to talk and to say things, right? To make claims. Which is why when Jesus looked at a group of people, having made a statement, he began and shared this. Jesus knew right away what they were thinking because he had just said, your sins are forgiven. Why are you so skeptical, Jesus said. Which is simpler to say to the paraplegic? I forgive your sins? Or to say, get up, take up your stretcher and start walking? Well, just so that it's clear that I am the Son of Man and authorized to do either or both, he then looked at the paraplegic and said, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. And the man did it got up, grabbed his stretcher that he was carried in on and walked out and everyone there watching him. They rubbed their eyes, stunned, and then they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this before. Jesus had the words and actions that then would back up what it is that he is saying. You see, Jesus would say to us today, I want you to know me. I just don't want you to know about me. I want you to know me personally, and I want you to have the impact in your life that you can experience that will come only from my interaction with you. Jesus used seven very 
clear statements. They're called the I am statements. And these seven I am statements let us know who the real Jesus was as he was the one that was expressing it to us that way. We've got some of these that are online. Today's couldn't be more appropriate when Jesus made this declaration and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. In fact, he said this, John chapter 11, verse number 25. I want you to read it with me if you would, please. Everybody, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die, and whoever lives and believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let's say the last four words again. Do you believe this? This statement of Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. He then backed it up, didn't he? Now we're not talking about Easter at this point. As we've seen all throughout the service, the story of Lazarus and Jesus raising him four days dead in the grave. He backed up the statement, I am the resurrection and the life. And in fact, this passage, honestly, it is one of my favorite passages in the scripture, and it's been for almost 50 years. I mean, it's got the emotional ups and downs to it, and I love the way it ends just every time. When, you know, Jesus just goes like, Lazarus, come out. I mean, that was a moment in time. But I want to take us back because the spectacularness of this we can miss the message that Jesus has for us in these words, I am the resurrection and the life. If you happen to have a Bible with you, I want you to turn with me to John 11. If you can pull it up on your phone or a tablet, that'll be great. It'd be really great because you can bookmark it then and read the entire chapter this weekend. So good, so powerful. Guarantee you make a very special Easter for you. I'm going to pick it up in verse number 17. Again, we've kind of got the whole narrative laid out for us, so we can just, you know, focus in on a little part of it. Verse 17 said, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Would you say four days? Four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many of the Jews that had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother... When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said, I'm going to say it with me, I am the resurrection and the life. When Jesus makes an I am statement, he does so not just simply giving a fact. There's a lot of fact to it, right? But he does so as an invitation. And so when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, he is inviting us to come to him. Now, who would need to come to Jesus, the resurrection, and the life? We'd say, one, those that are going to die 
or in Lazarus' case, those that have died. And two, anyone that would desire the life that Jesus offers. This is the sad part. So many believers today are missing out on the life that Jesus desires to have an impact in their lives. Jesus couldn't have been clearer. His mission, when he said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. That's why Jesus came. So as we come back to the passage for uh, just a moment here, what I want us to do is to get the heart of what's gone on. Like I said, it's really easy just to focus on the back part and the resurrection that you know, takes place right there. But the heart of this passage is actually one of a tear-soaked scene. There were red eyes everywhere. Completely soaked handkerchiefs. For four days that there had been weeping that had gone on and taken place. And Jesus, into this scene, again, you talk about emotional highs and lows that we're going to be going through. Jesus, into this scene, is going to say these words. I am the resurrection and life. He's going to speak words of hope. He's going to speak words of help. He is going to speak to those who are doubting him, who are questioning him, who think that he has failed them. And they are broken. When Jesus fails us, right? But it's not just individuals that are weeping. Jesus himself, verse 35 says, weeps. Why is Jesus weeping? Why is Jesus crying? I mean, doesn't he know what he's going to do? I mean, like, I wouldn't be weeping at that point. I'm like, if you guys know what's coming next, this is going to be so good. He wasn't weeping because of the outcome or because he doubted that he was resurrection life. He knew that. We see Jesus again in the reality of the world in which he came and for the purpose he came. Jesus saw death. He saw brokenness. He saw doubting. He saw disillusionment. He saw the effects that sin is having in their lives. And it moved him to tears. Jesus also knew what it was like to live in the tension of it's not supposed to be this way. That's where we find ourselves today. It's not supposed to be this way. When you open up John chapter 11, um, it could be like opening up your own journal over the last year of 2020. The year of, you know, of COVID and all of the disillusionment that that brings with us. These words that we want to just say to Jesus when we couldn't see a loved one, when there was somebody, a friend, they were dying. 
and we couldn't go to them. A parent, they were dying. We couldn't go to them. There were other, you know, just difficulties and struggles that we found ourselves in and depression that was just, you know, through the roof. And our words kind of went like this. Jesus, why don't you do something? Jesus, if only you would have been here. Jesus, if only you'd step in and take care of this and fix it. That's the heart of the passage. And that's what Jesus wants to speak this message to of resurrection and life. How awesome is this, right? Jesus is going to say to Martha and then to Mary and to the others, will you trust me? Even though you don't see what I see, will you trust me? Even though that you're hurting, you're broken, will you trust me? Because there is more to the story. There is more to our story. Even though we find ourselves in this struggle or difficulty that we may be in right now, Jesus wants us to know there is more to your story if you will trust me in it. And that's why Jesus invites us to receive him. He invites us. He calls to us. He pursues us that we put our faith and trust in him as Savior. Patrick's story kind of opens up some of these themes. And so I'm going to let him share it with us now. The thing that's interesting is that when we have dysfunction in our bodies, it's influenced by an impactful event. So if you sprain your ankle and you start to limp, you walk differently. And then when you go back into doing something that's active, you take that limp with you, even if people can't see it anymore. And then as years go on, that limp turns into something bigger. And then it's your knee or your hip or your back. When I was younger growing up, I was really very fortunate to grow up in a household that was really pretty stable. My mom was the spiritual leader of the house. My dad was a builder who just was always working and making things work well. Um, and I just remember that everything seemed pretty easy. I think I really relied on the guidance from my mom to guide me through how religion and spirituality play into your life. And being younger, not really knowing how to do that, I never really even thought that I'd run into things where I needed that. Then when I got to the age where it was time to have a family and the things that came with um, having like a very, a very important relationship and being able to do all the things you need to do with that and not involving God in that process, I think that I was really relying on myself and it was, things just began to unravel a little bit. And it wasn't until I really started looking at the fact that my son was about five years old, had never really been in a formal church type setting. I wasn't talking about religion really to anybody, including him. And it hit me that when I grew up, that was like part of my life. And part of who I am is because I went to church growing up. I ended up looking for a place that I could take my son to church. And Fox River 
came up almost instantly just with the kids' programs. I ended up taking my son to church service, and it happened to be Easter, because at the time I was only going to Easter and Christmas, was one of those. Right when I walked in, I just, I felt this presence, and my son was, normally he had a hard time sitting still, and he was engaged, and he was right there with me. In that message, um, Pastor Guy talked, of course, about how Jesus died for our sins, but then he got into how he also died for our shame. And I never really understood what that meant. And at that moment, I realized that it wasn't my anger and my disappointment and my resent. It was really that I had shame. Like I had a picture of what perfect looked like. And now seeing that that was not what I had and that my son was facing challenges going forward that he didn't wasn't set up the same way that I was set up, I just realized that I had shame for something that I thought I was supposed to control and create that was really not my job to do. The transition to living um, with less shame, it was not easy because what you find out is that there's all of these things that when you're trying to create perfect that don't feel perfect at all. Um, I had the great fortune of being able to talk with Pastor Guy and he gave me this just great advice to live with grace and truth. And that really handled being in situations that felt almost like they were being judged. And by living with that, taking that advice and living with grace and truth, it allowed me to just let go of what my thought was on the whole subject and just instead follow what I knew was the right thing. And it was still back and forth, and it was still a challenge, and I wouldn't always get it perfect. But then in the end, with the more and more that I did it, it really led to living with peace. So for me, what looked to be dead that God brought back to life was really the picture of what life really is. And so as simply as I can put it, what was once a real picture that I couldn't reach was all of a sudden something that I could just live every day. Isn't that an awesome story, Pat? Let's uh, just give him appreciation for that and God's this working that's going on. So if we were asked this again, the question, so who needs Jesus, the resurrection, and the life? We would say, one, well, it would be a person that is going to face death. It is a numbing number. When we hear that 150,000 people die every day, in this world. 150,000 every day. They say 100,000 of them, it's you know, age-related or natural causes, meaning 50,000 people face this untimely death where there is suffering, where there is pain, where there's this loss that's gone on. Read the paper, you know, check online. I mean, between car accidents and shootings and um, just the um, suicide that's taken place here. I mean, it just gets more and more depressing, doesn't it? But it's into that that Jesus said, I want you to know that you can have life. COVID this past year, the United States claimed almost a, a half a million lives. We started out 2020 not expecting this to take place in the world almost three million people have done that and it's into this the resurrection and the life it says 
hear the gospel. That Christ died for your sins according to the scripture. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Why did Jesus do this? And I love these words in 1 John chapter 5. that say, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. So that you may, say with me, know that you have eternal life. We have no promise of tomorrow, but we do have the promise of eternal life if we would open ourselves up to Jesus. I mean, everybody wants to think, like, doesn't everybody have eternal life? Like, is it, right? And Jesus would say, without me, there is no resurrection. There is no life. But if you will come to me, I will give you that, and I will give you this assurance of life to come. But that's not the only person that needs Jesus. Person that, you know, for security of, the, of, of heaven. We also have this offer of Jesus of life to the full. Again, Sadly, we get this um, turned around in which we're thinking Jesus is for someday rather than for, that Jesus is for today. Because Jesus today says, I want to bring to you a love, a hope, a peace, a joy, a goodness, a gentleness, a self-control, a mercy, a grace that you don't have in and of yourselves. Patrick shared, um, we can have our shame. We can have the guilt of our past, that which we think marks us and does not make our life better. Jesus said, I can remove that, and that's my desire. Most of us know, or all of us will know someday, that you can get, you can be successful, you can get money, you can... Um, and lo and behold, you don't have a life that satisfies. To which Jesus says, that is who I am and that's why I've come. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. This is Jesus' bottom line. And I want you just to say it with me. Ready? I am the resurrection and the life. Now, these next words are the most important. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and life? If so, then we need to take action. And this action, this Easter, will come in the form of a prayer. I want to read the prayer to you. It's actually a kind of a two-part Easter prayer. One is to open yourself up to Jesus, the resurrection as in Savior. And the other part will be to come to Jesus as the one that can bring life and impact life and help you to have a life that, you're, that you are longing for. So the prayer is going to go like this. And I want to read it so that we can all pray intelligently. Ready? Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross to atone for my sin and hell. I believe that you are the resurrected Savior of the world, the resurrection and the life 
and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now, I want to invite everyone to join with me in praying this prayer. And if it's the prayer, a sincere prayer of your heart, then I want you to lift it up to God with me right now. Everybody, Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross to atone for my sin and hell. I believe you are the resurrected Savior of the world, the resurrection and the life, and I receive you as my Savior. I want to ask you to do this, if you would, please. If you just bow your heads for a moment. In the privacy of this moment, I just want to ask you, how many tonight are going, this Easter weekend, 2021, guy, I am trusting Jesus as my Savior. I've known about Jesus, but I've never asked him to be my Lord and Savior before. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand wherever you're at right now? Wave it at me for just a second saying, guy, I know that I've needed Jesus. Yeah, thank you. Others, just wait for a second. That's great. Others, yeah, thank God. Jesus, thank you for giving life and the assurance that whenever we do face death, it will not be to be lost, but it will be to be birthed into new life. Thank you, Jesus. Look up here. Let's finish our prayer, our Easter prayer with this. Ready? Jesus, I believe that you are the means to life to the full. And without you, I will not experience it. Help me to grow in you and to go in you. And if that's your prayer, then would you say with me this hearty, Jesus, we pray this in your name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.